all of our content strategy is really grounded in data and largely keyword research when it comes to inbound. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO Show. I'm your host, George Cassiotis, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Eda Kavlakov. Eda, uh, as a marketing leader, uh, has led the development of inbound content at IBM using data from keyword research tools like Ahrefs, since the team um, at IBM prioritize, write, and edit content that ranks on page number one of Google search, driving substantial organic traffic growth to uh, IBM.com. It's interesting because IBM is a company most of us, if not all of us, uh, like know. And so I'm very interested in, in this conversation. And Edda, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So could we have, uh, let's say, an an overview of your journey uh, and your background and what has brought you to to IBM and you know all the interesting things you are doing uh, at IBM uh, nowadays? Sure. I um, I have been within marketing for about twelve years, and I've kind of have rotated across the different disciplines within marketing. I started within um, on the agency side within paid media and kind of helping plan um, kind of media buys, um, more strategically trying to help our clients um, identify kind of the relevant audiences for um, the different sites that they wanted to place their ads on. And then from there, I kind of moved into media analytics and that focused more on kind of website um, analytics and a lot of reporting, to be totally honest. And after a while, I was kind of um, getting that, what I like to call an itch to kind of move on to the next um, thing to learn. And so an opportunity kind of came up uh, for me to join IBM. And I kind of continued that kind of rotational process. Um, wasn't like a rotational program, but um, I just ended up kind of starting within their um, marketing um, corporate headquarters and help them kind of bring on a tag management tool um, to help manage their um, digital like tracking around their analytics. From there, I kind of moved on to A-B testing and kind of rolled out um, our, maybe not our first A-B testing platform, but um, a an A-B testing platform that would really engage marketers versus just designers. Um, and then kind of moved into what we called a, a business unit, which kind of no longer exists today as a construct within IBM, but um, wanted to get closer and more hands-on with, with marketing and kind of focused on, again, um, dashboarding and reporting. Um, but then from there, focused on email marketing and kind of how could we leverage our marketing databases to reach um, different 
different audiences um, in a meaningful way and kind of retarget them um, internally. And then that kind of led me over to SEO um, and kind of content. Um, and so um, from there, like as I kind of worked on SEO for the last, I don't know, three to four years, maybe now, we'll call it three. Um, and we kind of use keyword research to identify um, opportunities for content. And it's really the way that we prioritize uh, content development across IBM.com. And so when we think about the space in which IBM is playing in, um, we really want to make sure that we are you know, represented on page one when someone you know, types in something like artificial intelligence or hybrid cloud, um, kind of the technologies that IBM is kind of playing um, from a market perspective um, within their product portfolio. And so um, that is kind of you know, how I got here. Um, my role is kind of transitioning right now and I'm kind of focusing more on, uh, or I will start to focus more on tutorial-based content um, and I'll, I will continue to lead our content strategy team um, kind of moving forward. First of all, going back to the beginning of your marketing journey, well done for uh, living the agency life. I don't know if you're still recovering from this experience, but uh, it, I don't know. It, it's good. I, I always advise uh, young people to join an agency because I think that you learn so many things, right? <laughs> But at some point, I guess, you know, it, it makes sense to leave it and move on uh, to something to something different. Um, but that's that's all very interesting. I mean, my my typical second question uh, for guests uh, is about the you know company they're working at and what the company is and what the company does. But I guess I will skip this question because there's no point in asking what IBM does, right? Uh, and I will get um, right into the questions I prepared for you today. And the first would be, you have almost 10 years at IBM, uh, you know, getting into all these different roles and like functions. Um, what are the biggest learnings from this, uh, journey, um, so far? So I think what has been interesting about IBM, like if you had told me maybe 10 years ago that I'd still be working here, I'd be surprised. Um, and I think what I love about the company is that there's always kind of a new challenge. Um, there's always a new problem to solve. Um, and there's really no, no shortage of kind of problems to solve at IBM. And so um, I think if you're if you find yourself at a large corporation and you don't feel like you you're being challenged, uh, you know, I would maybe you know challenge that that person to say, like, are you really looking for a problem um, for you to sink your teeth into? Because I think all kind of large corporations um, have kind of plenty of um, plenty of things to solve for, um, whether it's, you know, actual um, like, I don't know, data problems or people problems or strategy problems. You know, there's something um, to be solved. Um, and then I think, you know, my greatest, I don't know, learning is um, in order for things to get accomplished across a large corporation, you need to really find the teams that are aligned to your goals um, and kind of partner with those teams in a really strategic way so that you can accomplish um, them more quickly. Um, largely, I think when you're working at a large company, um, you know, you have a smart team, but um, sometimes it, it's either moving slower than you would like or um, maybe 
the the team ends up being unsuccessful um, for you know to no fault of their own. It's really just having enough buy-in for something um, to kind of move it forward. And so I think whenever I'm kind of starting something new, I'm always looking for partners who can um, who are aligned to the same objectives or kind of adjacent ob- objectives. How can we help each other in order to kind of um, move both of our programs forward? That's that's a good one, and it's interesting because with uh, most of the people I'm talking to who have experience working with like a, a pretty big company, like not like IBM, but you know, uh, with a few thousands of, of uh, employees, they all share this, or most of them at least share this, um, that you need to be able to, I mean, because there is a danger that things move slower in, in this company. So you need to be able to like, um, knock on the right doors and like have some make some friends in the company so that when you want to do things and get things done you have some people to um to go and ask for help right so i think that's that's a big one um you mentioned problems and challenges what would you say are the biggest challenges um as part of your like role now or like all these different roles that you changed over the years I think in in terms of some of the biggest challenges, it, it's maybe building awareness for a program. It's like sometimes you think you've built enough awareness, but you'd be surprised, you know, at a large corporation, like even within an organ, um, a marketing organization that is maybe adjacent to you, or um, or better, it's it's always surprising to me that um, you always need to kind of provide uh, a level of context. Um, before, you know, broader calls to just make sure that everyone is on the same page. Um, so, um, you know, most recently we had um, a call with our product marketing teams and, you know, some of them are more aware than others of kind of our inbound program. Um, and it it just never hurts to um, provide that level of context of like, what is the overall strategy of, um, our SEO slash inbound program so that everyone can um, be bought into the same you know goal and objective. Um, so I think that is maybe like a consistent challenge uh, within IBM is just um, you can never over communicate at this uh, company. And so just making sure that you're um, providing that context up front is always just helpful. That's a very good point, and uh, I mean, it reminds me of a, of, a, of a case with a client recently where we had some pushback uh, by one of the um, stakeholders, and after providing context as to why this is important and why this needs to be done and like why we need to move forward a bit faster, it's like this person never it's like it wasn't the same person who who you know pushed back on the thing that we wanted to do and i was like what is this all about i mean just by explaining why this is important you can you know get the buy-in you need to to move forward with certain things and i would expect that you know this is even more important in a in a bigger company right uh like like ibm yeah i, I think sometimes when you're receiving pushback, it's it's more that people just don't understand what you're trying to accomplish. And so if you just take that extra time to kind of level set, then you can kind of bring them along with you on on this journey um, to accomplish like 
the same kind of goals that both of you have, um, which is ultimately like driving sales. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Most of the time. Um, so what would you say, how would you define your corner strategy today? And what are the main pillars of this uh, corner strategy? So I think all of our content strategy is really grounded in data and largely keyword research when it comes to inbound. Um, so when you look at um, keyword research and kind of different topics, when you look at the long tail, the long tail will actually give you a sense for the different content types that people are looking for. Um, so the kind of pillar topic, like let's say, I don't know, uh, data science, um, will generally have like informational intent around it. Um, but then kind of longer tail keywords will kind of show different intent types uh, within um, within the data. And so you might have um, data science tools or data science platform, um, which might allow you or like lead you to build maybe a solutions page or maybe a um, like a, a product page if you like wanted to align your product pages more um, to unbranded search. Um, similarly, like you might have like data science courses or tutorials. Um, these kind of other words kind of act as keyword modifiers that really can start to architect uh, what your website starts to look like. And so if you just kind of pay attention or to what your users are really searching for, um, you can really architect like a really um, a well-constructed website. Um, that is really meeting the market demand and you're not building content just for the sake of building content. Um, you're kind of meeting the market where they're at and uh, filling filling in the demand and the need. But it must be tough, right? Especially for a company like IBM, which is at the forefront of like most technological advancements, especially now with you know the rise of AI. It must be difficult to to keep up with all these uh, changes and uh, to translate that as it happens into content strategy and like things we we need to do and topics we need to write about and go after and so on. It it can be challenging, but I mean I think that's all um, you know large you know any company you have to adapt um, to what the market is doing. If you don't adapt, then you know you won't be around for long. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why IBM has kind of been around for over 100 years is that willingness to kind of adapt to change. Um, you know, maybe it's sometimes slower than it wants to be, but um, you know, it, it always kind of goes in the right direction. So you start uh, as per like, my understanding is that you start with keyword research and you identify all of these topics and keywords and like subtopics that you need to to write about. How do you ensure that the the pages and the pieces of content that you like published are um, created for you know people while at the same time um, satisfying quote unquote uh, search engines as well. Sure. I mean, I think all of it just like comes back to data. Like you can't kind of make any, um, you know, decisions just based off of like, you know, subjective feelings. Um, everyone has a, a different need. And so I think it's important to, in order to scale, kind of build templates that align to these like intent types. Um, and so you can start by doing competitive research and just understanding how other people are um, constructing these different page types. 
and then kind of build them as like a starting point. And then from there, you can start to apply things like user testing and A-B testing to uh, really evolve um, how you know the template manifests over time so that you can um, you know, work work towards goals like um, conversion goals, whether it's just progressing someone further down the funnel or um, getting them to try your 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 product. Um, you know, maybe you know progression could be just consuming other content, um, but it could also just you know lead them into a product experience as well. Speaking of keyword research, I would like to go back a bit. Um, how does your process look like? I mean, is it uh, you know typical? Uh, keyword research process starting with a tool like I don't know uh, SMrush or Ahrefs, and then starting with a like a, a broad topic. You mentioned data science. Uh, let's take that as an example, and then take it from there. Or is it something like completely different that you do? So I think it's a good question. Um, like we, you essentially like start with a seed list. You won't have like the all-encompassing list up front. Um, that's just you know unrealistic. But you you can start to kind of plug in um, these these words and kind of uh, like pull an adjacent report that um, has like matching terms. I think within Ahrefs, if I'm remembering that report correctly. And so you can start to export all of these data sets, aggregate them together, and um, kind of build. Um, it's not quite like a database, but like your own data set to um, inform um, the the topics that have really the most demand around them and all the different page types that will be associated um, with these unbranded topics. And I think as like a content person, like when you are kind of writing about these different topics, you'll find other um, kind of topics that are relevant to, you know, the story that you're trying to tell or um, you know, the different technologies that you maybe started with within your seed list. And so it's important for the content person to have this good feedback loop with our like SEO focal, who's really um, designing our keyword or topic backlog, um, content backlog, topic backlog, keyword backlog, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so it's really um, this, this partnership between kind of two teams, the content team and the SEO team, um, where you know, the SEO team will maybe give you the starting point, but it's really the content team that will give you this feedback loop for how to expand it over time. That makes sense. Are you involved in other parts of the process uh, besides keyword research? I mean, content briefing or ensuring content quality and like even publishing the content out there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we partner with different teams to make it all happen across the different stages of the content development like life cycle. Um, but like we we're kind of, you know, we maintain that thread throughout the entire process. So we'll partner with our you know production team in order to kind of QA the page to make sure like there are no broken links. Um, we'll partner with like a copy editing team to make sure that we're applying the IBM style guide. So like, you know, using the right capitalization rules, um, you know, not using what we consider like forbidden words um, across IBM.com, using the right trademarking information. Um, and, you know, once it goes through that kind of QA process, it'll, you know, get published. And, you know, we might not be the person pressing the button, but we're involved um, in the process throughout the entire way. So, you know, the QA 
person will kick back that um, that document so that we can make the necessary edits to get it to publish. And so you could look at everything across, um, you know, the team is kind of, you know, this constant feedback loop that you're supposed to be getting from other teams in order to uh, make a polished product. At the end, how, assuming that something goes live, how do you like evaluate its effectiveness? I mean, we, 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 we mentioned the word sales, but I mean, if we want to be like honest, not every piece of content is um, meant to drive sales, right? Um, I, I just wanted to know how, how you think about that and how you approach performance measurement, let's say, uh, for the content uh, your, your teams uh, produce. So I think one way to look at it from a very like surface level is just like, did we get on page one? Um, and so I think that is kind of one measurement for success. And then when you're looking at um, when someone has actually landed on the page, did they like stick around? Did they progress um, or did they bounce? Um, they got what they needed. Um, and so I think the thing that we want to focus on once someone lands on IBM.com, how do we kind of get them more engaged with um, the websites where they want to either keep coming back as a returning user or they want to continue their journey within that session. Um, and so I think, you know, within SEO, those are really like the two things that we're looking at is like, did we get on page one and we're getting as much awareness as we can? And then, you know, did we convert that user when they landed on IBM.com? And uh, that, you know, that can be within kind of, um, you know, that session or um, we also find that people are more willing to convert if they come back over and over to IBM.com. So um, both of those are kind of two ways that we evaluate success uh, within inbound. We are talking about SEO and organic search um, mm -hmm. and SEO content or content that's created for a search audience to put it better. Um, at the time where, when there are um, some major changes happening in organic search, or to be more accurate, we will see how big these changes will be, right? Um, there is a lot of fear mongering around this, these changes online. Um, and I, I, I generally try to steer away from or particip participate. No, I, I don't want to participate to the echo chamber um, and uh, just focus on the things I can control. But um, I want to ask you if you are at all concerned about the changes, um, regardless of how big or small they, they will be. Um, and how do you think these changes will affect uh, SEO as as we know it? So I'll like preface that like these are very much like my views and not IBM's views, um, just because I, I can't represent, you know, IBM uh, on, you know, the topic of um, generative AI within content. But um, I do think that it would be naive to think that there isn't like a world in which AI is helping us um, to develop content. Um, I, I think that it won't move maybe as quickly as people think that it's going to move. I think there's even within the last year, there's been some an, a certain amount of slowdown in how the willingness to adopt some of these tools. Um, and so I think some of this like fear mongering that you're talking about um, it is just that. It's just um, you know, people um, kind of playing to people's emotions. 
Um, but I do think that there's going to be a world in which that like AI plays a role within content. It's just, um, I think there's going to be a stronger, um, a stronger emphasis on the need for expertise within specific areas. So, um, you know, AI might help us generate a piece of content, but it one needs to be validated by someone credible um, who actually understands that topic. Um, and, you know, we still do that today, um, even without AI, but I think um, it'll be more important in a world of AI so that we're not um, like spreading more misinformation We've like kind of already seen that in the past with social media. Uh, I think as kind of AI develops, we'll want to kind of make sure that we're mitigating any you know social risks or ethical risks um, around AI. And so um, I think expertise will play a big role. And then I think another way in which um, AI can kind of involve content is kind of just the like brainstorming of new ideas. Like, you know, you might start at one place, but um, AI might be able to help you um, evolve that into something bigger or um, something more robust over time. And so um, I think that what will become interesting there is more copyright issues. It's like what, what, how much of that is like your own versus like someone else's. Um, and I think we just have a lot of unknowns right now. Um, so I think the industry in and of itself is just needs to figure out the direction and how quickly um, they want to kind of adopt um, this technology. Uh, I, I think we've kind of learned from some of our mistakes in the past and we just, there's a, a concerted effort across the industry to kind of ensure that we don't kind of repeat some of the same mistakes. Um, or at least maybe I'm kind of optimistic there that hopefully, um, you know, some of our um, thought leaders within the AI space are are being a little bit um, more conscious about um, the impact of AI, um, not just within content, but you know, within a lot of different arenas. Do you see though any use cases and like practical applications for it right now? I mean, uh, it could be that it helps you with uh, keyword research and explore um, topical areas that you haven't uh, came up with, or it could be that, you know, it, it sort of helps us build the, uh, let's say the structure of a piece of content or helps us with content briefing. Uh, do you see any practical applications? I, I do think like that goes to like back to like the brainstorming um, piece that I was talking about. So I, I think that AI can help you kind of evolve um, an idea, whether it's like, you know, your your seed list of SEO terms or just, you know, maybe you have writer's block and you kind of input the um, the paragraph that you're working with, you know, today. Um, it might be able to help kind of distill or maybe improve the content so that it flows a little bit better. Uh, that's maybe one of the most common things that I see within people's writing is that they are not connecting thoughts um, very clearly. And so I could see AI kind of acting as maybe like an editorial tool um, to improve the way that people write. Um, but I, I don't think that it's going to kind of replace um, someone's expertise in in the long term. I think there's a lot of this fear mongering around um, job replacement. And I, I do think it'll allow us to be more productive um, as 
as you know knowledge workers, but I don't think it's going to like outright replace people. Um, I think it, it's going to just evolve the way that we work. Yes, if if anything, I, I feel that you know uh, it's a time where when the like um, the, the bar um, is higher, and if anything, this will push us all become better, right? Because um, I mean, you wouldn't want to be uh, compared like your work and your output can be compared with to to AI, right? So I think that it will it will push us all become better, more creative, maybe. And uh, maybe that in the long term, because in the short term, I think that it will be the wild west uh, for a while, or at least when it comes to web content. Uh, but in the long term, maybe that you know will uh, turn out to be good for the content marketing industry, right? Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, one of the things I would like to to discuss before we we start wrapping up is uh topic clusters um you have experience with with topic clusters and i would like to to know your approach there and also i would like to know how you approach even mundane things or it may sound mundane but like url structure uh and whether this is something that lives under you know the blog or uh we have the freedom and flexibility of like launching different clusters within IBM's website. So if you could talk about your process and like way of approaching uh, topic clusters, um, I would, yeah. So I think with topic clusters, um, what we try to do there is kind of ensure that if we're trying to group a cluster of keywords together, um, that they're all aligned to the same intent type. So you might have a few different keywords that are aligning to the same um, the same intent. So a good example might be like data science is like an informational piece of uh, intent, but then also what is data science is also very informational. So you might optimize um, a piece of content for both of those terms to make sure that you're ranking on both of them um, on page one. And so I think we, we don't have the um, all the answers and how to do that um in a in a more efficient way i think right now it's very manual in the way that we approach that um but my hope is in partnering with some of our, our kind of vendors is to kind of automate that process over time because there is there are certain algorithms that, that can help us um cluster that information um a little bit better than the way that we're doing it today um can you remind me of like the second part of your question uh it was URLs, right that's right. Your your URL structure. So uh, again, um, like we're, we haven't figured it all out. Uh, like IBM.com is still like a a large, complex you know place on the web. But um, I think we're moving in a direction of more organization on our website. And um, I think our uh, URL structure tries to um, reflect either our page templates or. Um, the intent type that we're really um, organizing around. And so if you look at kind of our topic subdirectory, all of our informational content um, that's really like what is in nature is going to live under topics uh, for the most part. I mean, there are you know rogue um, teams that kind of end up um, building out what is content, but um, you know, 
it's probably just a lack of awareness of like what we're doing as a team. And so to us, that's just like an opportunity for us to kind of partner with that team and kind of bring that content um, closer together if like they're interested in kind of building that out as well. Um, But, you know, because there are so many kind of different content teams that live within IBM, it it's just more of a matter of like partnering with those teams to kind of make sure that we're aligned on how these things should be structured. And once you kind of create this, um, like almost like a, um, I'm trying to think of like the word that I want to use, uh, like it's not like a center of excellence, but it's almost like once everything is kind of, um, kind of, centering around one element. Um, so in this case, it's like our CMS system and um, how we're organizing around this one CMS is um, allowing us to kind of bring more and more um, different web properties that don't live on this CMS on board. And so it's kind of this like locus um, where um, it's kind of attracting the energy that we want, if that makes sense. It's like built up so much momentum that um, you can. You don't even have to convince people sometimes to adopt the um, methodology that um, you want them to like take within a URL structure. Um, they're willing to inherit it over time because um, you've created so much kind of energy around a single thing. Um, and so, like, there's still more work to be done, uh, but I think we're moving in the right direction as a company. Second to last question. Mm-hmm. What do you think the the future holds for SEO and inbound marketing in in general? It's a good question. Uh, I think there will always be this need for SEO, just because, um, and like inbound marketing in general, largely because we're humans and we have this. Um, this urge to learn overall like and so people like humanity is curious and there's always going to be a need you know no matter what your industry that you're playing in um to kind of fill in that knowledge gap within the web and so um i i'm not like worried about the future of inbound marketing i think there will always be a space for it i think the way in which uh we approach inbound marketing will evolve over time um and that that's anything, you know, as any new technology comes into um, the space, you just need to adapt with the industry um, and kind of make sure that you're kind of, I don't know, applying like general, like ethical principles in mind. So as long as, you know, uh, what you're doing doesn't, um, I feel like everyone's little like stomach kind of gives you like a little gut check. and if you if you don't feel kind of good in your gut about what you're doing, then you're probably doing something wrong. And um, and if if you kind of generally feel good about what you're doing and the content that you're putting out in the world, um, then you're probably you know mostly safe. Uh, I think we all have this like internal barometer, or maybe I'm just utterly optimistic about humanity. <laughs> Some people more than others, but I I hope I hope the same. Um... Well, that's a great way to 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 close this episode. Um, last question I have for you, Ada. Where can people find out more and get in touch if they'd like to? Um, I mean, find me on uh, LinkedIn. I my my name is Ada Cavalcolo. Uh, I, I 
my last name will probably be a, a mouthful to um, like write down, but it's K-A-V-L-A-K-O-G-L-U and first name is E-D-A. But I imagine you'll write that down somewhere. <laughs> yes, we will drop it in the show notes and it's not for me because I'm Greek. So, you know, uh, it's... I, I can no. I, I can pronounce I, I understand that's that's right uh, in any case that was a very insightful discussion I assume you're very busy and I would like to thank you for being generous with your time thank you very much for joining us and uh, yeah I wish you and the team at IBM all the best moving forward thank you George I like really enjoyed being on the show today so thanks for reaching out and uh, organizing this Another episode of the SaaS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel, where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.